Hello there. Are you looking for your new favorite true crime podcast? Well, I'm Kita. And I'm Sally. And we are the co-hosts of Homicide Worldwide Podcast. We are two human females who <laughs> like to talk about murder. Every week we get together and we talk about the details, the psychology, and of course, some good smack talk. Join us every Friday for a new episode of Homicide Worldwide. Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I'm Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley. And this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler-free. Today we are unfortunately talking about <laughs> Season 3, Episode 8, the very upsetting Oubliette. It originally aired November 17th, 1995. It was written by serial killer named Charles Grant Craig. Probably not a serial killer, though. And directed by Kim Manners. The logline of this is, A woman experiences a psychic connection with a teenager held captive by a deranged man. Good logline. In the cast, we have Tracy Ellis as Lucy Householder. She is also Sybil from The Crow, City of Angels. Never watched any of the other Crow movies. No, I take it back. David Boreanaz was in one of them, so I watched that one. Wow. It was like The Crow 13 or 14, probably. Jeez. (laughs) Well, I brought it up. I added that one because I know how much of a fanboy you are for Crow. The first one. (laughs) Michael Chifo? That's how it's spelled. As Carl Wade, he was Mr. Ogetti from Better Call Saul. Yeah, I watched the first, like, three seasons of that. Well, I pulled that because you always tell me how good Better Call Saul is. Very good. So that's why I selected that one. Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, two of the best shows ever on TV. Jewel State as Amy Jacobs. Everybody better know who she is. She is Kaylee Fry from Firefly and Serenity. My first line of notes is Kaylee, exclamation point, exclamation (laughs) point, exclamation point. Don't look at Kaylee like that, exclamation point. Ken Ryan as Agent Walter Eubanks. He was Agent Baldwin P. Bulletproof Vest from Cops, with periods in between each of the letters. C-O-P-S. This was a cartoon. Yes. In the early 90s? Yep. Late 80s, maybe? One or the other. Might even been mid-90s. No, because I was young when this was on. On the air. I can't imagine it had more than one or two seasons. I don't know. I just thought it was fun that he his nickname is Bulletproof. Did he get shot a lot? Well, it's because his last name is Vess. Bulletproof oh, Vess. I see. I skipped over the part of it that made it a joke. Yeah, you did. I see. The one thing I remember about that cartoon was the cops and the criminals in one episode teamed up together because somebody was dealing drugs and even the bad guys weren't okay with dealing <laughs> drugs. You're right. It was the, the 80s. 89, or 88 and 89 is when he was in it. Yeah, I can't imagine it had more than one season, one or two seasons. Wow. I love that the cops and the robbers teamed up against drugs. Yes, because drugs are bad. How did you feel about this episode? Uh, upset. Yep. You want to know what Kim Manners said about the episode? Kim Manners said it was a pleasure to direct. Kim, 
He was very happy with the outcome. All right. Uh, no, Kim Anders said it was challenging but rewarding. Like, in the end, he thought it was a good episode. Okay. Kim Manners said, because of the extensive outdoor shooting, he hated directing the episode, commenting that, quote, it couldn't be fucking worse. Wow. The content, fine. <laughs> Being outside sucks. Okay. I just love that. Ready to get into it? Yes, please. In Seattle, photography assistant Carl Wade watches as 15-year-old Amy Jacobs is photographed for a school picture. Yeah, we just open up with Kaylee yep. Fry. Yep. K. Winnett Lee Fry is her full name. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> it's not her name. Her name is Jewel. <laughs> Fine. Uh, but yes, she's, she's sitting for a school picture. We've all been to school picture day. And Carl Wade, the assistant, becomes obsessed with her. It's fucking creepy. They shot this really well because it was a creep show. Mm -hmm. Following this event, eventually, he uh, kidnaps her from her bedroom. When he kidnaps her, she is sharing a room with her younger sister, who is the only witness to the incident, which takes place at, I guess, 10.05, because we see the, right. the clock. My note here was, uh, off to a bad start. Yeah. In this cold open, though, I should note, no dead person. Very true. I think it's... The second of all, this is what, episode 75 that we've done. It's the second one that nobody's died in the cold open. Yeah, I've not been counting. Two. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a production note. I just wanted to say this right off top because this is a very upsetting episode. Jewel State spoke positively of her co-star Michael Chifo, saying, quote, I do remember the man, Michael, who played my kidnapper, was so lovely and so concerned that I would feel scared of him. I guess, or uncomfortable around him, that he made an effort to be very sweet and warm with me, which my mom appreciated. I think my mom thought it was really classy of him, unquote. Well, that's nice. It's really nice because there are some scenes that if he hadn't done that, I could see this being traumatizing to this young child. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that and wanted everybody else to know that even though he plays a really good creep, he did a job of trying not to be a creep <laughs> when cut was called. That's great. This seems like a good place to put in my note uh, that he has really nice eye color. He does! And that made me notice, so does everybody in this episode. <laughs> uh, I never really noticed how David Duchovny's eye color is really nice. They and so is uh, Gillian Anderson. They set the eye color. Yeah. <laughs> too. They made me really, that he made me really notice everybody's eye color. Nice. They all have really nice eyes. Great. That might be the last nice thing you say while this episode. It might be. <laughs> but I'm glad that you, you put it up top. This is pretty close to Mulder's story with his sister, so you know he's going to be drawn in. What did the misogynist from Too Shy say to Scully? Something about she's too close to the victim, so she's probably too emotional to be useful? I don't even think he said too close to the victim. I just, I think he just said, you're a woman. I think so, Your too. Your judgment's clouded. Yeah. But Scully eventually says that, but no, no misogynist comes out of the woodwork just to be like, oh, you have boobs and can be an FBI agent and a doctor? I don't think so. No, thanks. <laughs> At exactly the same time that Amy is being kidnapped, fast food worker Lucy Householder collapses with one hell of a nosebleed. She falls to the floor and repeats, nobody's gonna spoil us, which is what Wade said when he grabbed Amy. And now, Mulder investigates Amy's disappearance. 
The investigation leads Mulder to Lucy, who was taken from her bedroom at age 8, 22 years before, and held in a dark basement for five years before she escaped. <laughs> Shit, this is the whole strangers are gonna abduct your kids theme of our childhoods. This is why we don't let our kids play outside alone, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's a little bit of insight into something. <laughs> Uh, the narrative centers on Mulder's identification with Lucy, which is based on the abduction of his sister, Samantha. I wanted to include this because it's important and it's important for a wide variety of reasons, primarily indicating how the show does Jillian Anderson dirty Mm -hmm. repeatedly. It was decided that time would not be spent on Scully's sympathy with the victim, despite her own abduction experience in the second season episode, Ascension. They don't even mention how Scully was also abducted. Yeah, pretty weird. Scully has a, a bad episode. Right, but it's not Gillian Anderson's fault. It's no, I didn't. all of the men's no, fault. Scully has a bad episode. Gillian Anderson is fine, except for when she first shows up. Well, I guess the wardrobe department has a bad episode, yes, too. This, she's also not dressing herself for this, no. <laughs> because she looks like David Byrne in Stop Making Sense. The giant, oversized suit. I don't. You don't? Okay. I don't know what that reference is. Fine. <laughs> Scully suspects that Lucy may be connected to Amy's disappearance based on her long criminal record, which was, what, two things? She was arrested for sex work and buying... Petty theft, drugs, maybe? I I think it was like buying a joint. It was something like ridiculously little. And the fact that her nosebleed contained not only her blood type, but Amy's as well. (laughs) And I just wrote, what? (laughs) (laughs) She's so psychically connected to this that she bleeds other people's blood. Also, as we have confirmed repeatedly throughout the X-Files, if you've committed a crime before, you must be the criminal. Yes. In her room at the halfway house, scratches appear on Lucy's face and she experiences temporary blindness, which are injuries that are identical to Amy's. We're seeing flashes between the two, so we know that they're identical. Amy is being kept in the basement of Wade's cabin, though she's not actually blind, it's just dark. So Amy's in the basement and there is no light at all coming in which is why Lucy is temporarily blind, but the scratches are on both of their faces. Real creepy. The two develop an unexplainable psychic connection, which they never even try to explain. Never. It's just because she's been kidnapped before by the same guy in the same place. So it's... This is one of the most tenuous things that this show has ever tried to get away with. This is this is my explanation. Trauma, am I right? Ah, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But they are treating Lucy like shit because she's in recovery. So Lucy is in her bed and one of her friends from the house is also there and is trying to help her out because she's cold, she's shaking, she now has scratches on her face, and then she starts saying that she can't see. So he calls probably 911 to get help and the EMTs are like, yeah, she really went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? You know how we were always told in Dare at, at all, that kind of stuff, about how if you ever took acid one time, then no matter... Oh, flashbacks. Like, yeah. Acid flashbacks. Acid, acid flashbacks could strike any time. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Wow. Don't do acid because it eats holes in your brain, and then no matter what, you could be 
45 and all buttoned up and you only did that acid that one time back when you were 17 but no it's gonna get you and it's gonna rip your entire life apart you're gonna lose your house you're gonna lose your job you're gonna lose your kids you're gonna lose your car you're gonna be in the halfway house with lucy because of that one time wow i'm glad i've never done acid i guess that's it's not a ticking time bomb in your brain man it's not i'm safe <laughs> they really went hard they uh... <laughs> Drugs. Some of the big kids do them. So it's tough for us younger out. But my mom and dad helped get this D.A.R.E. anti-drug program in our school. It's run by specially trained police. Now, now we're, we're saying, saying no to drugs. Get D.A.R.E. in your kid's school, too, by visiting Country Style Donuts. Purchase the D.A.R.E. Bear and show you care. Proceeds go to D.A.R.E. in your community. Oh, all right, back to the show. Actually, here's some more insight. Fox's Standards and Practices Department was uncomfortable with the screenplay because it featured a 12-year-old girl being kidnapped. The network requested that she be in her late teens and that the pilot would not heavily feature Amy's ordeal or suffering. Okay. Because it's better if a 15-year-old is kidnapped than a 12-year-old. Like. Okay, I guess. It's not. No, my point <laughs> is it's not. Fox's standards and practices are fucked. No, not Fox. <laughs> Mulder tries to convince Lucy that she can help them find Amy, but she's too afraid. Which makes sense, because she's literally experiencing everything that's happening to Amy that happened to Lucy 22 years ago. The EMTs say she needs to get some food to get her blood sugar up. Yeah. And Mulder says, let me take you to dinner. And they just go to the cafeteria in the halfway house. Yeah. That's not a real dinner. Maybe she. I wouldn't. Mulder. I wouldn't want to go out with him. I'd be like, no, I'm gonna stay home. You wouldn't want to go out with David Cumney. Not if in this scenario. His hair looks good in this episode. It's too. true. And he has a nice eye color. It's true, but here's the thing: Lucy was kidnapped by a, a grown man. It's true. Who probably had short hair, just like Mulder. She's not going anywhere with this guy. That's why she's okay with the guy who works at the halfway house. He has long hair. Yep. Mm, I have to grow my hair back out so I can be trustworthy. Well, it depends on who everybody's kidnappers are. You really have to find out who who everyone's kidnappers are. I'll do half long hair, <laughs> half short hair. So you could just talk in profile? Yes. Do a Victor Victoria thing. It's what you gotta do. Everybody's been kidnapped. Don't know why I said Victor Victoria. I've never seen that. I don't know. I don't either. I'm just picturing one of those old-timey sideshow guys that has half male, half female. So is that what you're going to do? I guess so. You don't look confident that that's what I'm you're going to do. I'm not confident. All right. Well, meanwhile, Amy listens as Wade drives off. It's not really clear what all this, the timeline of this is, because when Mulder, when all of the stuff was happening with Mulder and Lucy, and they were in the basement cafeteria, I don't know why I thought it was the basement, but when they were in the cafeteria, it was nighttime, but then it must be daytime when Amy listens to Wade drive off because there's sunlight outside. And Amy realizes that this is her chance to get out, which, good job. They didn't write her as just a victim. She actually is like, I'm going to get out of here. They didn't, but speaking of messed up timeline, she pulls off two planks off of that window. Oh, yeah. Before he comes back. How long did it take her to get that second plank off? I think it was just timing the editing was bad she finds a window and starts pulling off the boards but wade returns too quickly and as she's climbing out the window he discovers her she flees through the woods which cuts to amy running through the neighborhood 
and eventually Amy trips and hurts her arm, which causes Lucy to trip and hurt her arm. Wade catches Amy, Mulder catches Lucy, which is also bringing us back to what the hell time is it? Because Lucy had 911 called because she was at home in bed at night. Oh, yeah. And then they go eat. She gets some hot soup. And then she's running outside and it's daylight. Again. And Mulder's still there. So it all has to be tied together. Or did he just hang out for 12 hours? It took her so long to eat that soup. It didn't, though. We watched her eat it. Well, it clearly did. Maybe it took a long time to heat it up. Oh, there we go. <laughs> they only had one lighter. Yeah. It's one little Bic lighter, and they had to heat the little can. Wow. Uh, so In between I... then and now, though, they figure out that it's Wade who did the kidnapping. Yeah. They tie him to the school picture day. Right. And... Scully has a real bad moment here where she just really stigmatizes mental illness. Yeah. It needs to be called out. Okay. Call it out. What did she say? I just did. Oh, okay. She stigmatizes mental illness. Wade is a bad person because he has bipolar disorder. They always go hard into bipolar disorder. I recently read a book, like last week, that the twist was the person doing all of the bad stuff had bipolar disorder. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This was written in 2019. Wow. It's always Scully, too, doing this. Oh, yeah. They make Scully, she hates anybody with left-leaning tendencies and anybody who has mental illness. Scully is supposed to be the audience. Is she? Yeah. Okay. So, so the, now you know who is the audience is. that why the audience has poor gun safety techniques? Yes, because this is America. <laughs> you can buy a gun in a parking lot, but you don't have to know how to use it. Fantastic. Yep. All right, this is when Scully informs Mulder of their new lead in the case. It's the school photography assistant, Wade, who was recently fired under strange circumstances, which I didn't catch what those strange circumstances were. I do know... I think being a creep at the school picture day. Well, yeah, and I also know in the, at the school picture day, he didn't do his job. He mm-hmm. was supposed to load the film, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> film? What is... What's film? What was he doing? Do you have to roll it from one thing to another thing? I how was he pre? How was he can, prepping the film canisters? Or, I don't know. I wasn't. Well, he didn't do it. I didn't so write I a fired. note about that. Which seems like a not a strange circumstance to be fired for if you're just not doing your job. Because the photographer is like, "Why did you even show up if you're not going to work?" And I've worked with those people. We're like, "Could you just?" It would be so much easier if you weren't here. <laughs> All right, true life. This is going to go get sad, and then we'll try to bring it back. The reason for the concern about this episode, or one of the reasons, is that the original screenplay featured similarities to the Polly Class case, which had received large public attention around the time of production. If you don't want to hear about a real true crime story, skip ahead about 60 seconds and we will be done with this bit. Polly Class was a 12-year-old girl who was kidnapped during a slumber party and eventually strangled to death. The antagonist of this episode was compared to Richard Allen Davis, the culprit of the case, who was convicted and sentenced to death for his crimes. I looked, he remains on death row today. His criminal record fueled support for the passage of California's Three Strikes Law for repeat offenders and the Involuntary Civil Commitment Act for sex offenders and predators. It's too close. I'm not going to go into any details, so if you're back, welcome. We won't talk about the details, but I don't see how the original screenplay versus what was shot is wildly different than what I just read. No, not really. Mulder is adamant that Lucy, 
who admits that Wade was the man who abducted her, is not part of the kidnapping, and snaps at Scully when Scully suggests that Samantha's disappearance is causing him to become too involved in the case. Because they have figured out that the blood that Lucy had on her in the diner at the beginning was Amy's blood. There's a DNA match. Yes. Yeah. All I did was laugh when they said the DNA matched. This is 1996, and you got a DNA match of a 15-year-old who wouldn't be in the system in two days? No, you didn't. They did have Amy's blood on the carpet from the kidnapping. I guess that's true. So you can match that up. But Lucy went to work with no blood on her. Right. So many people can testify to that. She did not have blood on her. No. And then she did. And then it was Amy's blood. A defense attorney will just say, yeah, you tainted your own. That's what I would say. Yeah. This is obviously tainted evidence. We're throwing it out. To be fair to the people in the lab, I think they would also say that. Yeah. (laughs) They would be like, no, this doesn't make any sense. Wait a second. Where is the origin of this? Actually, the people in the lab would not know that Lucy went to work with no blood on her. No, I guess that's true. I guess they would they would say, yes, this is this is this person's blood. This matches with this person. But then if they did go back and know what the origin was, they'd be like, oh. This doesn't so, make any sense. This, yeah, if we follow the train of evidence, which is something that they have to do, it should be in somebody's possession the whole time. You should be able to track how the evidence got from the scene to the lab. Mm-hmm. It's a whole process. The lab techs should be able, or I don't know if they're lab technicians or lab doctors i don't know what i don't know who does the dna piece but they would be able to go no this must have been tainted at some point Mm -hmm. because these these are the results and now the results based on everything that we know about the collection doesn't make sense yeah but hooray we can get dna matching in 24 to 48 hours apparently sweet the investigation team receives a tip from a tow truck driver concerning Wade's location, which corresponds to the area where Lucy was found years ago. So we skipped over this in the recap here. At one point, there is a tow truck driver who pulls over looking for whoever called him. He pulls over and finds Wade. Wade is saying that, no, 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 I didn't call you. It's somebody else. But his tire blew out on the side, which is awful. You're not fixing that. You got to fix your flat. No, No, you can't fix your flat. You have to get a whole new tire. And Wade is acting belligerent. And then... And the tow truck driver is being pushy. He is being pushy. Uh, And then (laughs) you put those two together and... (laughs) This was the first... Not the first. This was the only time in the entire episode I was empathetic with Wade. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Creep the entire episode. (laughs) This this scene, I'm like, just fucking fuck off, dude. (laughs) He said he doesn't want your help. Oh my God. Yeah, that was definitely pushy. But because uh, Wade threatened to hit him with a tire iron... (laughs) It's remarkable. He remembered. He remembered Wade. And they were like... When they put out a... Not an APB. It's not an APB. It was a picture. When they put out a picture of Wade and Lucy. Oh, that's right. Because Lucy had run away at this point. The tow truck driver recognized him in the picture and called in. Hey, that guy was weird and I know exactly where. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite part of this whole episode is when the tow truck driver's like, yeah, I can show you on this map. And he walks over to a full-blown map. It's the entire state. And he just glances at it and goes right there. I'm like, he didn't even have to orient himself. Yeah, he fully remembered this guy. He had nice eyes. (laughs) Yes. The tire iron nice eyes guy. 
<laughs> I'm slowly learning how to read maps, so I'm obsessed every time a map shows up. Uh-huh. And I was impressed. Yeah. One day I'm going to be as good as him. You could become a tow truck driver and I get there. Honestly, feel like I would come across too many people who are just angry. I don't want that. Everybody who needs a tow truck is angry. Yeah. Because. I don't think I want to go into that line of work. It's just a bad mood anytime you need a tow. I know. I don't think I'm going to become a tow truck driver. Okay. I think I'm just going to learn to read maps. All right. Sorry. Suit yourself. I know. <laughs> we could just keep <laughs> shrugging at each other for 20 more minutes to fill time. Uh, okay, so they do find Wade's cabin in the woods near Easton, Washington. They roll into this town so fast, so conspicuously. <laughs> it's like they want everybody to know they're there. They fly. And it's got to be like a 25 mile an hour zone, and they're doing 70. Mm-hmm. So obviously. Wade sees them. Yes, because he's at a store. He's at the camera store again. Right. He's constantly at the camera store. It's just not conspicuous. Or it's so conspicuous. Yes. And then they pull up to where Wade's cabin is. And they park 100 feet away. And then they run a quarter of a mile out. (laughs) And then back in. Because there's like five minutes of them running through the woods. It's so weirdly shot. But Duchovny walks up and looks through the window and sees the hidden door latch. Mm -hmm. And that's when he goes down in there and he discovers Lucy is in the basement, not Amy, with no clear indication of how or why she came there. Just awful. I, I thought it was pretty obvious when they showed her. So, location detail. A suitable area was found near the peak of Mount Seymour, a location that had previously been used in Ascension. Oh, good. The mountain featured both a parking lot and a log cabin that met the needs of the filming crew. Because one of the things that they were looking for was they needed it to look rustic and remote, but they also needed it to be near a parking lot because (laughs) there are like 60 crew members and they need to be able to all get out there. (laughs) An issue arose because the mountain had a ski lift, which we saw in Ascension, Mm -hmm. which needed to be avoided while composing shots. So over 1,000 prop trees had to be brought to the filming site to camouflage the surroundings. Holy crap. And to give the atmosphere a remote feel. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Lucy begins to feel cold and wet. Mulder deduces that because of Lucy's connection to Amy, she must be at the local river. And I just wrote, sure, fine, (laughs) whatever. Okay. (laughs) Mulder and Scully rush there to find Wade attempting to drown Amy. And I have another location detail. For the final sequence, this sequence, they I'm telling you all of these places in case you are familiar with them or if you are scouting X-Files locations. So both the Capilano River and Lynn Headwaters were considered. However, the Seymour River was ultimately chosen because it was the safest filming location. Good which, job. Yes, which makes sense. The filming of the episode was plagued by rain and heavy weather conditions. In one example, while directing the climax, the river had risen by four or five inches, causing the crew to have to move to another location to shoot a full week later. So one of the things about shooting in this park is that they had to give the park seven days notice about when they were going to shoot, when and where. Mm -hmm. So getting flooded out of this location is why they had to come back a week later. Uh This cost the crew several days worth of production, obviously, and a large sum of money. Shooting conditions were further complicated because 
shoots involving water are notably difficult, requiring a new set of costumes for each take. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. uh, I would suck. Good job Mulder in this scene, though. Gives a warning and then does not stand there and give 17 more warnings. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, stop that. Wade doesn't stop it. Then he shoots Wade. Yep. Instead of yelling for 42 minutes. Stop that. No, I said stop (laughs) that. Stop that. Yep. Mulder shoots Wade. Amy is basically drowned. At the same time, back where Lucy is, she's basically drowned. So everybody's basically drowned. Scully attempts to perform CPR on Amy, but because of the connection, it resuscitates Lucy instead. Amy lies on the riverbank, dead. Mulder continues to attempt CPR despite Scully's protests, which is wild because they've done this... 40 seconds. If even that. Yeah. (laughs) It was so short. Now, anybody who's taken CPR classes or had to perform CPR... CPR is intense. Mm-hmm. People break ribs. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of strength. And a lot of times you have to switch people out because of how intensive it is. This scene doesn't denote any of that. It's like kind of pump near <laughs> low because you don't want to touch her, her <laughs> boobs. <laughs> Push barely on her diaphragm and then stop altogether. She's dead. She's never coming back. Scully gives up so fast. So fast. But apparently she resuscitated Lucy without knowing it. Good but, job. But then the process is reversed. Amy recovers and Lucy dies. That's when Duchovny gets back. Duchovny. Uh, Mulder gets back to the cabin. He sees Lucy's body covered in the sheet because she's dead. And he is overwhelmed by Lucy's sacrifice and his inability to save her. Mulder breaks down sobbing over her body. He does? Yes. <laughs> That's not what I saw. You tell me what you saw, and then I'll tell you what Duchovny's thoughts were about this. About I'll read this, my notes. About this scene or about this episode? This scene. The scene. What I saw was his eyebrows go up and then a pouty face. You know that's not translating because this is an audio only. <laughs> my sound is going through them. Yeah. I think my sound conveys what my face is doing. All right. So that's what you thought. David Duchovny was particularly pleased with his work in this episode. Ah, and episode. I know. I lied to you so that you would tell me what you... You jerk. So that actually you would tell them what you thought. Feeling that it was amongst his best acting performances during the entire run of The X-Files. Over the episode, I agree. The scene, I disagree. Well, I wanted to put it here. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just wanted to trick me. I did, and it worked. Uh, Mulder later tells Scully that he suspects that Lucy died not only to save Amy, but to forget what Wade did to her all those years ago. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, super great. My favorite in the episode is that we all know that Wade is the person who kidnapped Lucy, kept her in a basement for five years, mm-hmm. ruined her entire life, and he's still just out. Because he didn't get caught for that crime. He got caught for a different crime. That we would have to watch this episode again to I'm not doing that. Also, that's not double jeopardy. He could be convicted. He could be, but nobody knew he did it until just now. Right. And when they found out, they didn't do anything. They killed him. No, they killed him because of Amy. <laughs> well, but they, that's the first time they saw him since finding out that Lucy was his victim as well. This was the first opportunity they had to do anything about it. I disagree. It's... <laughs> what? This is literally the first time they saw him afterwards, after knowing what he did. 
I think they should have done better 22 years ago. Oh, I agree with that. And 27 years ago. 17 years ago. Yeah, whatever. All those years ago. I tried to find out the age of uh, Chifo and Ellis. Because he looks like he's five years older than her. Yeah. I could not find either of their ages online. Wow. Weird. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. Who are you going to ship? Nope. (laughs) Literally, my notes say ship-nope. How are you going to survive? Uh, how, well, who are you going to ship? No, I'm not shipping anybody. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I'm going to survive by psychically linking myself with somebody else. And then if I get hurt, they get hurt instead. But they're not getting hurt instead. They're getting hurt also. No, but like if I die, they can die instead. Clearly that happens. That totally happens in this episode. Right, but the whole time, everything bad was, ha- they were, it was happening to both of them. Okay, well, if I die, they die instead. Who are you going to kill? Elon Musk. Okay. <laughs> on board. I'm totally on board. No further questions. <laughs> if I die, he dies instead. All right. Actually, parody, we... parody, parody. <laughs> it's non-legally binding. This isn't a contract. This is not a threat. <laughs> this is not a threat. No, we don't know how to psychically link with anybody. They didn't okay. explain it. I just want to make, I just want to make that clear. All right. Well, do you want to know what song I've chosen for this? Uh, I want to know how you're surviving first. I don't know. Okay. This is awful. <laughs> yeah. This whole this whole situation is awful. Oh, okay. And yeah, you told me that you had picked a song for the playlist for this episode. So. Yes, because they kept looking for Amy. Uh-huh. They kept looking for Amy. Okay. And every time they said something like, they're looking for Amy, okay. I just kept getting the Britney Spears song, If You Seek Amy, in my head. I've never even heard of that song. Well... That's the one I've chosen. It's for called this. "If You Seek Amy." Yep. Okay. Do you hear the pun in there? No. Or the whatever it's called. No. I thought you were going to say something from the Chasing Amy soundtrack. Nope. Okay. <laughs> they aren't chasing her; they're seeking her. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a tea public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Atuka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 